1: The Green Machine, welcome in the beginning of another edition of the Ben Maller Show. We are together in the air everywhere as we have a whale of a time, coast to coast, border to border and beyond on the vast and powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from the cosmos, hanging out on a little blue marble, spinning around the Milky Way, the Fox Sports Radio studios in the Northwoods. And we are back at it again tonight. And we have no football this weekend, but we have plenty of football stuff in our lead this hour coming from the National Football League, the thing that keeps the lights on around here. So Hump Day, an opportunity, randomly, for several big-name broadcasters to wax poetic about the upcoming NFL season. Chance for the national broadcasters, a few of them, to opine with predictions and analysis on all things pigskin. Now, the focus of several of these individuals was one, Zach Wilson, who he's the hotshot, highfalutin quarterback of the Jets, the latest messiah of the J-E-T-S suck, suck, suck. Now, one comment in particular got our attention and rose up to the level of full Mahler monologue treatment. That would be CBS talking head Tony Romo. Now, Romo stole the show as he gushed all over the rookie from BYU. Now, I don't know if you heard it. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe you missed it. So, Tony Romo suggested that Zach Wilson is in the same stratosphere as Patrick Mahomes, and he said he could be in a a top-five quarterback, top-three, top-five quarterback, very quickly. uh, Can make up for a lot of weaknesses. Now, this is the second time we learned that Romo has said this within the last week. Last week, Romo compared Zach Wilson, the Jets' rookie quarterback, to Hall of Famer Dan Marino and Mahomes. We actually have proof on this. I think we have some audio we can play here. As Warner Wolf would say, just to prove I'm not lying, listen to Tony Romo wax poetic about Zach Wilson. Let's go to the audio tape. Here it is. I think you guys
6: don't quite know how good this kid is. I think he is super rare. I think you're going to be watching. I think he's like a young Dan Marino. And for people you know, that are a little bit older who saw Marino when he came out, in the 80s, people forget like Marino was the guy in the 80s. And then it morphed into... Montana and the winning all the Super Bowl stuff. But it was like, you know how Rodgers has all the talent stuff, right? And Brady's like Montana. And then Elway came on, right? I just think that Zach has rare ability. And that literally, I've watched him in his first preseason game and like maybe four other plays. But I can see certain things. And he has a couple of special traits that God doesn't give those gifts to very many people. I think uh, without knowing him, You know, he's like uh, what I think he is, a hard worker and cares and loves the sport. The ceiling is crazy high for this kid. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, crazy levels, which is saying a lot. All
1: right. That's one of the great sound bites uh, we've heard in some time from Tony Romo. So let us discuss the question, how much stock does one put in to Zach Wilson getting the Tony Romo seal of approval, the blessing from Romo? So my thoughts, you've got all-you-can-eat, Nick Saban, and cockroaches. And we will tie all of these things together. Now, A, a tip of the cap to Tony Romo for living up to his reputation and then some. For having only watched one exhibition game and a few other plays of Zach Wilson to immediately know this is the next Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes. Now, that is impressive. That's a skill. That's a talent that he has, a skill set that Romo has. Now, Romo, if you follow this, we love Romo, but his reputation precedes him. He is known for sugarcoating his analysis, especially of young quarterbacks. It's well known. He is Mr. Positive Tony Romo, offering unconditional love while downplaying weaknesses and soft peddling any perceived limitations. So the verbosity of Tony Romo has no bounds, And you have to take this with a grain of salt. He is a smitten kitten about every young uh, quarterback, and this infatuation, this fixation has really no bounds. No bounds. Uh, Head over heels. Head over heels in love with just about every quarterback. But this is a new level uh, with, with Zach Wilson. Uh, the, the quarterback of the Jets. It's like Bob Aram. You think Bob Arum promoting uh, a heavyweight bout or Dana White in the UFC and always swiping right, serving up an all-you-could-eat buffet of hyperbole. And Tony Romo doing that right here. Why not? Go for it. If you're going to endorse someone, go all the way. And it's cool because every year we get this story. This is a boilerplate story. Every year, Tony's going to be broadcasting for many, many years to come. And he is ready at a moment's notice, whoever the rookie flavor of the month is. He will whisper sweet nothings into an inquisitive reporter's tape recorder and go on and on and on. as a result, uh, you take his player breakdowns as meaningless. As meaning. It, it's reminiscent of John Gruden rhapsodizing in the Monday Night Football booth about every quarterback and uh, Romo's the, the, a similar. I don't even think Romo's at John Gruden's level, but effusive in praise. Now, part B of this, for Zach Wilson, the Jets' rookie quarterback, this is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's, it must feel great. It must feel wonderful. When you think about this, uh, the powerful people believe in you. Uh, What a great mitzvah that is. But on the other hand, it's disadvantageous because the New York media machine are ready to pounce. Uh, They are fully open the valve, gush, 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 gush. Give this man a bubble bath. And he, you have now commandeered the Jets, the long-suffering New York Jets. And you cannot sneak up on anyone. Cannot happen. As Nick Saban likes to say, too much media praise is like rat poison. Uh, it's one of the great quotes of Nick Saban. Now, this creates unrealistic expectations, which I'm okay with because, hey, I'm a talk show host, and that's good because you either you meet those expectations or you do a face plant and then we can dance on your grave. But a byproduct of that is the perception of unfulfilled expectations. The Jets, even if they're a little better, they're still miserable. Every few years they change coaches, and every few years they get a new quarterback. It is a revolving door, round and round and round and round, and the latest in center square is Zach Wilson. Now keep on, we are actually optimistic that Zach Wilson will be a pretty good NFL quarterback. A pretty good NFL quarterback. Does that mean that Zach Wilson is going to be breathing the same air as Patrick Mahomes anytime soon? No, no, it doesn't, doesn't. If Zach Wilson ends up being just an average NFL quarterback, he is Kirk Cousins. That's a win for the Jets because the last few quarterbacks they've developed or attempted to, to, to develop have been not even that level and you think about Sam Darnold and Geno Smith come to mind, and you, you can't tell anything from the exhibition season, which is, makes it all the more amusing and all the greater that Tony Romo said, well, I've seen one exhibition game and a few other plays, and I'm already comparing him to Dan Marino, and he's got a gift from the gods, and they're going on and on and on and on. And on. And it's, uh, it's akin, I know in baseball they do this a lot, where somebody will hit a bunch of home runs in the Grapefruit League or the Cactus League, and they will be anointed – the, the next great slugger, and then once the lights get turned on, all of a sudden they can't hit. Uh, and they're, they're great at 1 o'clock in Arizona or in Florida, but in a big league ballpark uh, cannot do it. So we'll, we'll see what happens once the real games start and Zach has to handle facing live bullets. But it, it's, all, it's all fun and games, right, until someone loses an eye. It's all fun and games. I, 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 no malice? No malice against Zach Wilson. We haven't spent much time talking about him because I think he'll be okay. It's more fun to talk about the other people that are going to be bad or could be bad or have a higher chance of sucking. All right, last word here. So let's spend a a couple of good minutes discussing the comparison business. The comparison business for players. Now, this is normally something that happens around the NFL draft. In the lead-up to the NFL draft, player X is compared to a... Legend of the game. It is a yearly ritual. It is typically, as I said, around the draft, but it's the perfect side hustle. It is a weasel's delight, is what it is. Now, y- you can throw literally and figuratively anything out into ethos and then watch as the cockroaches scurry around the floor uh, and react to it. It's study-consistent clickbait and then the cool thing about it the reason it's the perfect side hustle is it's pushed aside and by most people God. most people have lies most people have things going on and cannot obsess over past statements now it's, it's on to the next but some of the greats now we have no life here we do an overnight radio show so some of the legendary comparisons we've brought this up many times mel kuiper who gets paid to be a draft analyst and has done this, he, he created that whole cottage industry of uh, draft Nick, and he compared Jamarcus Russell to John Elway when Jamarcus Russell was there and uh, with, the, with the Raiders as the number one pick years ago, and Jamarcus was very similar to John Elway, uh, except he couldn't play football. Uh, Sam Darnold, the last prodigy for the Jets, went back and looked at some of the scouting reports and things that were said about Sam Darnold. He was compared to Phillip Rivers, that he would have a career reminiscent of Phillip Rivers. Um, The Chicago Bears traded up to get Mitch Trubisky, and he was tagged as a similar player to Alex Smith. Uh, That was a great comparison. Last season, the Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa, was tagged as either a Drew Brees or Russell Wilson doppelganger prior to the draft. Maybe that'll happen. Hadn't happened yet. Now, meanwhile, it wasn't just Tony Romo. Chris Collinsworth, he said, hey, can I get in? NBC had their call later in the day after Romo and CBS went first. And Collinsworth, he he said, hey, I I can hype too. He compared Zach Wilson to, wait for it, wait for it, Aaron Rodgers. So in one 24-hour period, Zach Wilson has now been compared to Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino, and Patrick Mahomes. Good luck. I think he's more like Mother Teresa Gandhi and the Dalai Lama. If they all got together and produced a prodigy, it would be Zach Wilson, unless that's not true, unless that's just bull crap.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
8: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: It's the Windy City, so why not some windbags? Welcome in the beginning of another hour of the Ben Maller Show. We are together in the air everywhere as we have a trial by radio, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and beyond on the vast and powerful Microphones of FSR emanating live from the court, the court of public opinion, the Fox Sports Radio studios deep in the Northwoods. And so our lead this hour comes from Sweet Home, Chicago. The natives are restless in the Windy City, and they're not upset because Kanye West was not allowed to move his childhood home into Soldier Field for a concert. No, they are angry at... Da bears. There's a lot of backlash going on, and I love backlash. I live for people being angry it makes for better talk radio. If everyone's happy, that's not good talk radio. When people are flustered, that is entertainment. And that's where Chicago's at right now. The decision to start Andy Dalton, the red pea shooter, under center ahead of the beginning of the season. then know And We've known this for some time, that Andy Dalton's going to be the starter, but the hot shot rookie, Justin Fields, he's the cool kid, and he's not being allowed to play. And Andy Dalton is being thrown to the Rams in the first game, that Sunday night opener, to begin the NFL regular season. So GM Ryan Pace, who must have pictures, compromising pictures of ownership as he continues to be employed there, he had more to say on this topic. And I don't know if you heard it or not, maybe not. The Bears GM Ryan Pace He decided, you know what, everyone's upset with me. Let me double down. I'm going to double down on the decision to put the veteran quarterback in and the rookie quarterback on ice. And so that is what he has done. Now, the GM under siege uh, because of this. Now, he says the Bears are very confident with Andy Dalton, and that is the plan, and they're going to stick to the plan. And they're going to go with that, the starting quarterback to begin the year, the former Bengal, and briefly a Dallas Cowboy. And so Fields will be walking around using the tools of ignorance, a baseball cap and a clipboard and a headset as he paces the sidelines back and forth, waiting for his opportunity. And the quote from the Bears GM, he said, there's no need to rush Justin. He snickered the general manager at Ryan Pace. So the question why are we still at this point? Why are we still at this point where the Bears are so hell-bent on going with Andy Dalton? Not the people's choice, Andy Dalton, to begin the 2021 season. So my observations, you've got TDS, Reptilian, and MathBook. And we will lock all of these things together. Those are the foundational pieces of this Maller monologue. Now, number one. So, n- let me try. Number, number one. one. All right, so the Bears are running things backwards, which is fine for me. I got no skin in the game. They promised Andy Dalton the starting job, and they got ridiculed for that, but a deal's a deal, and now they will not budge off off that. They won't budge an inch. We know that Andy Dalton is buddy-buddy with the Bears offensive coordinator. They go back to Cincinnati together, and so there's a kinship there. And that's one of the reasons Andy Dalton is in the second city. God forbid they go back on a handshake, wink-wink deal. That that would be terrible. Determined to go down the garden path here and follow what is at best a hastily drawn-up set of plans. Now, I have a hypothesis as to why we are at this point in the story with Ryan Pace, the GM. And I have diagnosed him through the powers gifted in me in radio with TDS, that Ryan Pace is suffering from TDS, that is Trubisky Derangement Syndrome. Trubisky Derangement Syndrome. Now, since Chicago has handed the keys to the franchise savior, uh, Mitch Trubisky, back a couple years ago, from the very beginning, Trubisky was the guy. He was the guy, and they got burned, and they don't want an encore performance. And they have this neurosis that if only they had waited, It would have been different. There are factions of the Bears, I am convinced, in the front office there that have decided that if Trubisky had been nursed and nurtured, that he would still be the Bears quarterback and he would have been fine and they rushed him and he needed more time because he hadn't played that much at North Carolina and that's their mistake and he'd still be in Chi-Town eating deep dish pizza having a great time. So Justin Fields is being held back because of a cosmic accident That was the drafting of Mitch Trubisky. They thought they were sitting on a gold mine with that, and instead it was fool's gold. Now, secondly, the GM here in this story, the villain, Ryan Pace, uh, he's the one calling the shots on this, and he's he's looking into his crystal ball, and the forecast calls for a typhoon, which is, I believe, impossible in Chicago, but it's, it's still calling for a typhoon. Much of this decision to go with Andy Dalton, Is based on not only the fact that you have TDS, Trubisky Derangement Syndrome, but also the reptilian part of the brain. Now, the reptilian part of the brain—if you're not familiar with it—is self-preservation to ensure survival. There's certain things that we all do. I don't care your background, your ethnicity, any of that stuff. Anyway, where you come from, we're all the same at the very core. The reptilian part of our brain: self-preservation and. Protect your backside, and Chicago has some speed bumps in the first part of the schedule, first half of the schedule. It's not really a half because there's an odd number of games, but the first nine weeks, the Rams, uh, the Rams open up with the Bears. That's in LA, and so that's at LA first game of the year for the Bears. They also have in the first few weeks of the season they have the the Browns. Later on, they play at the Raiders. They play at the Browns, Bucks. Steelers, at home, they've got the 49ers and the Packers. The only cupcakes are in Week 2 and in Week 4. You've got the Bengals and the Detroit Lions. And so if the Bears, let's just say they win those games. They beat the Bengals and the Lions, but they lose every other game. The Bears will get off to a 2-7 and seven start going into the bye week. And the fans will be on the warpath. So you then make the switch at some point in the second half to Justin Fields, and if you are the general manager of the Chicago Bears and you're using your reptilian brain, that buys you time. In your head, that buys you time because Justin Fields comes in and he's a neophyte, he's in the incubator stage as a rookie, and you got to wait for him to get his sea legs underneath him. As long as Fields shows a few flashes of success, then the argument will be, well, just keep the status quo. Keep the status quo. Keep the Bears GM. Keep the coach, Matt Nagy. Keep them around. At this point, Ryan Pace has a doctorate on changing quarterbacks. He doesn't have a doctorate on having good quarterbacks, but he does have a doctorate on changing quarterbacks. Most general managers get one or two swings in the batter's box. That's it. One or two swings. And they're on a short rope, and they, they change quarterbacks, and the new guy sucks. They'll, they're gone. Ryan Pace is on his fourth and soon to be his fifth starting quarterback in Chicago, and is he being saved because of that double doink loss? Is he being saved by because you got you got Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon, uh, who was the first quarterback Ryan Pace brought in, he sucked. Mitch Trubisky, who blows, uh, Nick Foles, who's garbage, Andy Dalton, we believe he will join Nick Foles in the dump. And then you've got Justin Fields waiting in the ring, in, in the wings here. And those are all Ryan Pace quarterbacks. All right, final point. So the Bears of 2021 are similar to a math book. They're, they're, they're full of problems, right? Chicago went 8-8 eight eight last season. Now, I guarantee you they will not go 8-8 eight eight this season. They appear to be in the, the same window again, but it's mathematically impossible to go eight and eight when you play 17 games. A brand new group of, of players. Now, they didn't change the entire roster, but they made some you know typical standard changes. But they have a few players you've heard of that the holdovers, Alan Robinson, very talented receiver, Khalil Mack on defense, the ex-Raider, Akeem Hicks, and there's a few others, but not much else. And Vegas, the gambling market, which is usually not wrong, they have the Bears' win total in at 7.5. So they are treading water in the gambling market in the kiddie pool. They're not the worst. They're not the best. They're stuck in the middle, which is the last place you want to be is in the middle, and they're somewhere in the 7 and 10 range. If everything breaks right, they could finish 9 and 8, and that keeps you in wild-card contention. Whoop-de-damn-do, but it keeps you in wild-card contention. Now, the Bears, they are lacking the wow factor. Justin Fields would be exciting, but it's not like if you put Justin Fields in there, abracadabra, hocus pocus, these guys are going to be amazing around him. There's a lot of unexceptional players filling out seemingly key positions, undistinguished players who have the opportunity to define themselves, but how many of those guys are actually going to do it? Right? The law of averages says maybe one or two of them will turn out to be decent, but the vast majority will never be heard from again, and we'll have to get real jobs. Now, average is the enemy of excellence and the destroyer of success, but it can keep you employed in Chicago if you are the general manager of the Bears. Yeah, it can keep you hanging around, it would
5: appear. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
0: wherever you get your podcasts.
5: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
10: All right, Kubo. So I know he changed it at some point. I can never remember. Is it Tyrod or Tyrod, Taylor? Just go with Tyrod. That's Tyrod? What most people... All right, yeah. Yeah. Just go with whatever. I don't uh, care. T- Tyrod Taylor said on Tuesday that he uh, hasn't been told that he uh, is the starting quarterback for the Texans, but I think we can all agree that's likely the scenario here. Ben, where do you set the... Excuse me. Where do you set the over-under for wins uh, for the Texans, assuming oh, Deshaun Watson doesn't play? Yeah, all
1: right. So they have the chance to go 0-17. Uh, they're terrible on offense, defense, and special teams, but realistically... Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. So I say they at, they'll go like 3-14 and 14
10: this season, and they'll trade Mark Ingram
1: and Brandon Cooks if he stays healthy.
10: Next! Former Nets guard Mike James replied to a post on Twitter about the most skilled NBA players of all time, and he said Kyrie Irving should be considered. He then went on to say that he's more skilled than Steph Curry. Do you agree with him? No, Mike, Mike
1: James is not thinking straight. I, if you're asking me in a pickup game, like a, a street game, I would take Kyrie Irving. But in the NBA, I'm going to take Steph Curry. Uncle Drew, athletically, can do some more things than, than Steph Curry. But Steph Curry is a better basketball player, so I'll take him
10: next. Ben, you've said a number of times that the Phoenix Suns had one of the luckiest postseason runs of all time. Uh, how far do you think the team regresses next season? Well, that is
1: dependent, Coop, on how many teams actually try. In the regular season. It's very hard to figure that out. It's advanced calculus in the NBA. But uh, the, the, the West, the Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, right there at the top. The Warriors are supposed to be better. Klay Thompson's coming back. But I say the Suns are in the middle of the conference. How did we do? Ben,
10: you failed this edition. What? I, why? I, I didn't hear Lakers come out of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, I know. They're too old. Big they can't. Time. They're
3: old. They're, they're old, those Good guys. Thing, sir.
2: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Fox Sports Radio has the best
5: sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It's now time for... Time time, time for...
10: Hurry, hurry, I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter.
5: Send us your questions on Twitter now.
10: And away
1: we go. It is Ask Ben. Your questions are answers for the rest of the hour, as the late, great Larry King used to say. And we head over to the dais, the master
10: of ceremonies. It's Ask Ben and friends, the Coop Da Loop. All right, Ben, we're going we're gonna to ask a classic question. Uh, for everybody but uh you know we we've answered this many times in the past but you know as always there are are new listeners uh there's even new crew members uh, maybe since the last time we asked this uh Uh, and i believe dave from new jersey wanted to know this and i see alfie Alien Opiner just asked the exact same question uh so they want to know for everybody do we maintain our overnight uh shift sleep schedule on uh weekends and holidays when we're when we're off
1: Yes, I I do. The problem is my my wife changes her schedule every four months, so most of the time she tries to work the same overnight hours, which makes it great. But right now she's working the day shift. So if I want to see her, I have to be awake during the day on the weekend, which makes it problematic. My sleep schedule is all wonky. But to answer the question, yes, I I attempt to keep a similar schedule. And it's very hard if – Anybody's done this? I think if you're listening live. You know, it's hard to go from the nocturnal schedule to the daytime schedule and then right back to it. It's also not healthy. What about you, Eddie?
11: Well, I'm very, very lucky, uh, and I I don't know if I'd be able to survive this shift if I if I wasn't. But I can literally sleep anytime, anywhere. Uh, so I, I it doesn't. For example, I went to the Fresno State game last Saturday. We woke up at five in the morning to drive up to Fresno. I went to bed at eleven p.m. and I fell asleep immediately. So uh, it just—I don't know. That's just the way I was that's made. A, that's a superpower. I—I I, I don't I, have
1: that. I, know. I don't have that I'm ability. Very,
11: very lucky that I can do that. So um, yeah. I, I, um, I usually I toss on and turn. usually on the weekends um, I probably go to bed around three o'clock. So I kind of cut the difference, I guess, in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I, I do. So I, I go to bed a little earlier a few hours earlier, but I'm still up most of the, the night. And it, the tough is on the tough time is when the NFL starts and we're on the West coast. So the game start at 10 in the morning. So, you know, you got to try to time it right. Usually skip the pregame shows and just watch the, I usually wake up for the second half of the early games and then watch the late games and the Sunday night game.
7: It's my, my schedule uh, Roberto. Uh, no way in hell do I keep that schedule. I got a five-year-old at home. So that's hard. Uh, But uh, see, my problem problem is that on Fridays, I like to wake up kind of really early. So I kind of get home around 630. So I'll sleep like uh, three hours at the most. And I'll wake up and try to enjoy just having the whole day off. But then the problem is I like to boost it up. So like Friday night, I'm like, it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And I'm so tired from like the whole week and taking my daughter to this class, that class, and just hanging out with the wife. So usually on Fridays, I go to sleep real early. Sometimes I'm out by like 11 o'clock. But then uh, Saturday, I try to stay up till like two o'clock at the latest. I can't be I can't yeah. be up any l- later than that because my yeah. daughter's up like around eight o'clock. So,
1: well, I, I, my favorite part of the weekend is right when the show ends on Friday because you got the whole weekend ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. And it's just yeah. it just feels great.
7: It's I like feels to enjoy wonderful. that Friday. Kind of have like you know we're off pretty much the whole day. So because we got to come in Sunday night, so I will try to. I try to get a little bit of sleep on Friday, and then just try to enjoy yeah. the whole day. Yeah, the
1: only full day we have off on this schedule Saturday. is Saturday. That's exactly? It. Yeah. yeah.
7: Uh, w-
10: w- what about you, Coop? A- well, ben, you, you mentioned a couple different things that uh, you know apply to me. Uh, first of all, you know, there's a lot of statistics out there that people who work the the third shift or the overnight shift have like like a lower lifespan and 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 stuff like huh? that. That's and true. I and I think that a lot of that is due to trying to go to a normal schedule on the days off. And I don't even attempt that. Uh, (laughs) I keep the exact same schedule all the way through. uh, With the caveat being, like you mentioned, during football season, I do try to go to bed uh, a a couple to a few hours earlier on Saturday night so that I can wake up for those morning games on on Sunday.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Saturdays, uh, I'm about to sleep at 1 p.m. Football season. Got to get up early. 1 p.m. You got to be I mean, early sorry, on Saturday. 1 oh. <laughs> 1 ah. Wow.
1: Uh, all right. Well, why don't we pause for the cause? We'll have another long segment. That was just an appetizer. That was just the appetizer. The main course. Ask Ben. Your questions, are answers. We will get to it, and we will do it next.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
1: And right back to Ask Ben, we go. Your questions, our answers. Ben and friends, for the rest of the hour, over to the Koopaloo.
10: All right. This question is for everybody. This is from Manic Mike. Uh, he wants to know, have you ever been involved in a road rage-related incident? Uh
1: well, no, nah, I mean, somebody giving me the bird and driving kind of fast and cutting me off, but nothing where it ended up with like throwing fists at each other, so I, I don't consider that anything that was major because it didn't end up other than just the bird and cutting me off. What about you, Eddie?
11: Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, I, I will admit in in the car by myself, I've probably said the worst things in my life I've ever said when someone has been a, an idiot in, in traffic. Yeah. Um, but
1: are the windows up or are they down when you're doing they're it? They're up. They're up. Oh, it's only okay, it's yeah. only me. I'm the only one yeah. hearing it. And yeah, I, mean, I do the same thing. Yeah. I And I give the bird, but I keep it below. They can't see it, but I'm giving them the bird. And so I'm looking <laughs> at know, them no, smiling. I show them the bird. I show them the I don't bird.
11: Know if I, don't I, know. I don't know if I can say this, but I, I, I think the only time in my life I've ever used the C word was...
1: <laughs>
4: was
11: Ooh, that, oh, was spicy. That a,
1: was that a... Uh, Interesting. You a, know, a, Eddie, I, a lady I think in I, traffic. I'll see you next Tuesday, Eddie. I'll see about that. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Roberto, just a, bird. just a bird. The bird is yeah, the yeah. word. No, yeah, I,
7: I show them the bird.
1: I don't. I, I'm stealth. I look at them with a smile, and I have the bird. Sometimes I'll do double bird, uh, but it's below, and they can't see. What when I, when
7: my wife, I can't because she's worried about the road rage. So, about yeah. somebody like pulling out a gun or something like that.
1: And that's a legitimate concern. Yeah, it happens. is.
7: Actually, it is. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. People out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. You don't want
1: to. You don't know who you're cutting. Who's cutting you off, and who you're cutting. off. Yeah. I, who,
10: what about you, Coop? All right, I have two quick stories for you. One of them, I was like in my neighborhood, like driving like through the like the neighborhood streets to get out to like the main street to go to the freeway, and I'm driving like twenty five, maybe maybe like twenty eight, twenty nine. And I'm coming up to like this area where there's a stop, and you have to turn onto the main street. And there's this this woman who is probably a drug addict is ah! is is walking across the street. Not she's not even close to me. And but I didn't like I didn't see her to the last second. And I stopped like, but I didn't. I still like I I wasn't in her path. I stopped well before like the crossing area. And she's like, she starts screaming at me like like slow down. Like, like just totally going off. And and I was
11: this near work, Coop? No, no, it's oh, by okay. my house. Oh,
10: okay. Yeah. And, and there's a
11: crazy woman around here who does that.
10: And I and I said, I am like, I'm like, I was like, I'm going twenty-five, and I, I'm not even close to you. And then as she's passing me, she spits at my window. Oh. A oh giant nice. giant loogie, like right on my wow. window. <laughs> The, nice. uh, yeah, the other one was not that long ago, like a month or so ago. I'm on my way well, I'm to Vegas, and I'm on the like uh, I, the interchange that uh, goes towards uh, to Big, B- Big Bear or whatever, okay. like that okay. one. Oh yeah. And there's like I'm trying to get over because I, I I'm I need to get onto this way, and this guy lets me go. He like stops. He lets me go. I'm like okay, like thanks. And then we were in traffic, like bumper to bumper traffic. And I and I was like talking to my girlfriend. Wasn't paying attention. Traffic starts to move, and I'm I didn't notice. And I was waiting for like a second. There's like not that much space. And this guy like slams on his horn, cuts around, the guy that let me in, and he like pull, he pulls over next to me, and rolls down his window, and starts yelling. And he's like, I should have never let you over. Like pay attention, you. D- like wow. I know, can I say dump dump like. Dumbass Bronco fan? Yeah, that's what he says. Because I have a Bronco fan license plate, yeah. and then ah. he and then he pulls ahead of me, and I see that it's a Raiders fan, a punk ass ah. Raiders fan. Ah, yeah,
7: dumbass Bronco fan. Yeah, that's what he says.
10: <laughs> a- little AFC West brouhaha on the road to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, quick question: Late night drug tester wants to know what grade were you in when your parents trusted you to walk to school or the bus stop every morning?
1: Oh man, I I I grew up. I I think I was in like kindergarten or first grade I think it was first grade yeah I did seriously I took the bus Eddie quick uh yeah first
11: grade we lived like a block from the school I went to the elementary
7: school never my mom always dropped me off she didn't trust me 10th grade 10th grade Yep. (laughs) be sure
5: to catch live editions of the Ben Maller show weekdays at 2 a.m eastern 11 p.m pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app
1: it is hockey season somewhere not here but somewhere It is hockey season, and here's Eddie to get you caught up on all the NHL news of the week. All right,
11: thank you, Ben. And uh, if my math is right, and God knows that's uh, a very iffy proposition, the preseason for the NHL starts in 24 days on September 25th, and the regular season opens, I believe, in 41 days on October the 12th. And that may be wrong, but who knows. Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes tendered an offer sheet to restricted free agent uh, Montreal Canadiens forward Jesperi Kokiniemi. He, uh, he signed a it is he signed a one year deal with Carolina 6.1 million now Montreal has until this Saturday to sign the 21 year old or let him walk and receive first and third round picks as compensation now there are a couple of reasons why this is intriguing number 1 teams rarely do this at all assigning other teams restricted free agents to offer sheets and it's only happened 37 times in NHL history, and the players rarely change teams. The last 11 players that were signed to offer sheets, only one of them uh, ended up joining a new team. To make this story, though, even better, is that uh, there appears to be revenge uh, as part of this. Two years ago, it was Ooh. Montreal that signed Carolina star forward Sebastian Otto to an offer sheet. The Hurricanes ended up matching it and keeping him. But uh, there there seems to be uh, a clear uh, intent with this for Carolina so this to try retaliation. and stick it to Montreal.
1: This is retaliation. Yes. They'll pay back. Absolutely. And as you know, a, a revenge is a dish best served in free agency. I, I, I've heard that Offer before. Offer sheets. Yes. Something like
5: that. Yeah.
11: So uh, and it, it looks like uh, Montreal's going to let him go. Uh, I think they would have
1: re-signed him by now if they were going to, but we'll see. We shall see. So not, you're saying they have not matched. a—I did see a report that uh, they, they were going to match, but you say that's not going to happen. Well, it,
11: I, it's it could still happen. They have until Saturday to make up their mind. But usually when this does happen, They usually match it immediately and don't let it kind of linger around. we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. Uh, Also, for the Carolina Hurricanes, they agree to terms with restricted free agent forward uh, Andre Svechnikov, eight years, $62 million. He's 21 years old, was the second overall pick. In the 2018 draft, Philadelphia Flyers signed their top center, Sebastian Couturier, or Sebastian, Sean Couturier. uh, Eight-year contract, also $62 million. He's 28 years old, won the Selke Trophy in 2020 as the league's top defensive forward. Uh, The New York Islanders re-signed four of their free agents, uh, Anthony Beauvillier and Elias Sorokin. They were, uh, I think they were restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents, Casey Zizekas and Kyle Palmieri. Uh, United States Hockey League Tri-City Storm announced they are bringing back controversial defenseman Mitchell Miller, who played with the team year before last. He was taken in the fourth round of the 2020 draft by the Arizona Coyotes. They then renounced his rights after it was uh, reported that he was convicted as a juvenile of uh, bullying a black classmate who was developmentally disabled. Uh, The University of North Dakota also withdrew its offer to have Miller play hockey at their school. Uh, Miller was 14 when that incident happened. He is now 19, and uh, apparently he is getting a, a second chance at a hockey career. Uh, also, finally, hockey is returning to the University of Alaska Anchorage after donors, including the Seattle Kraken, helped raise over $3 million after the program was eliminated because of budget cuts. So these Seawolves, which I like. As a, I don't know that there's such a thing as a Seawolf, but it's a cool name. The Seawolves will return to the ice for the 2022-23 season. And that Thank is your God, Puck the Eddie. World Report. Yeah. Who doesn't love Seawolves hockey? Come on.
1: I understand. I understand. You didn't mention the story out of Russia, Eddie. Oh, I no, I did not mention the story out of Russia. No, the... Uh, a did Putin K- play a game or something? No, no, a KHL team, a no. Russian KHL team... Yeah. Dropped cheerleaders because the players' wives got jealous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, the bar angels sexist. The name of the cheerleading squad for the Russian ice hockey club, the AK Bars.
11: Yeah, uh, I've heard of it.
1: Uh, yeah, you really? Yeah, I really uh, have. Uh, all right, I thought this was made up, but apparently it's real. Uh, and they say they will now focus on a more family-friendly atmosphere. At games, but the, the claim is that uh, the team officials were uh, concerned. Or the, the players' wives be, were very jealous and upset over the, the bar angels at the at the games. I, I've not seen a photo. Now, cheerleaders aren't much of angels. a thing in
11: hockey. I, they, they have them in uh, Carolina. I know that. Yeah. Um, they the kind of have these some. ice crew. They, they're kind yeah, of an yeah. ice crew. Well, they, the Kings have, uh, you know. They're great. not really cheerleaders. Like in Carolina, they have, like, honest-to-God cheerleaders. They don't, like, skate on the ice and. With shovels, they just have palm. Oh, I'm looking standards. at a
1: photo, Eddie. I found. Thank God for the internet. I found a photo of the
7: bar angels.
1: Oh, there's some uh, beautiful
7: comrades there. Maybe, uh, maybe they'll go with, with male cheerleaders like the Rams. Ram it all day and ram all night. I don't control the Ram cheerleading
1: squad. There's some beautiful people there, Ram cheerleaders.
9: Good for them. If you dare.
5: Sumo Play.